0: Pack your bags and get ready for a different kind of Vegas experience with someone who knows Vegas inside and out. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi.
3: Hello again from a very hot Las Vegas, Nevada. If you want to get to a different climate, say a tropical climate, and learn about the history of the mob going back to the 1940s and 50s, even before they came to Vegas, Have I got a trip for you. The world-famous Mob Museum, located in downtown Las Vegas, is putting together a trip to Havana, Cuba, hosted by noted author Scott Ditchie in October. Scott will explain today exactly why Cuba is so important to Las Vegas history. Later, you'll meet best-selling author Ronnie Beth Tower, who wrote a book that would make great reading material on your next trip to Vegas. It's titled Miracle of Midlife, a Transatlantic Romance. It's a fun story, perfect for that romantic getaway. Finally, your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com, talks about what the new name of the former SLS hotel will probably be, and it's a very familiar name to those that love Las Vegas.
4: Most respected gentlemen. Muy respetados caballeros. Allow me to welcome you to the city of Havana. Permítanme darles la bienvenida a la ciudad de Havana.
3: Well, if you're like me, you're fascinated about the underworld, and that's why the Mob Museum is such a great place to see when you visit Las Vegas. But although it's a big part of Las Vegas history, there's more to the mob than just Vegas. One of the places is Havana, Cuba. And the Mob Museum, they do it right. They've got a great trip there. And one of the people that will lead you will be Museum Advisory Council member Scott Ditchie. And boy, he's written a number of books on this thing, seven to be exact, including Cigar City Mafia and The Silent Dawn. Well, Scott, welcome to the show. I know you've Talked. You've been all over the uh, television, radio, and so forth, talking about the mob. This has to be exciting for you to go down there too, right? I mean, because Havana is such an important part of mob history.
5: Yeah, uh, absolutely. It's it's really it's you know if you talk about the 1950s and the history of the mob in America, Havana plays such a huge role. Um, not only with organized crime's role in in America. Uh, but also actually a lot of ties back to Las Vegas as well. And then, of course, you get into the whole geopolitical aspect of it. It's just really a fascinating topic, and I think you know why in 2018 people are still so interested in. And, and Havana itself is, is really a fascinating city. It's um, it's really a, a, a very unique place with a unique culture and a unique, unique feel, and, and I think the opportunity now for Americans to travel a little bit more freely there and, and visit these places, uh, I think lends itself well to this kind of tour to look at tracing the history of the mob in America's influence in Havana, especially in the 1940s and 50s.
3: We're going to tell people how to go on this tour, which is actually in October. Uh, I'm thinking about it myself. It's just a fascinating thing. I want to talk to you a little about Havana, though, and how important it was back then. I mean, before Fidel Castro, that was a place where I guess it was like the winter retreat for the mob, right? Uh, they Not only was gambling great there, but it seemed like they had a lot of the big meetings uh, in Havana.
5: Yeah, the mob had started going down Havana during Prohibition, especially gangsters uh, from New York and, and Tampa. Uh, there were a lot of uh, smuggling during Prohibition out of Cuba. Then it became, um, especially in post-World War II, as it became a popular tourist destination for Americans. Uh, more wise guys were moving and opening up, uh, gambling casinos and hotels and other operations in Cuba, often in partnership with, with the Cuban government. Um, and then in terms of meetings, you had the, the famous December 1946 Cuban, uh, the Havana Conference at the Hotel Nacional, which is one of the, the spots on the tour where Lucky Luciano, Meyer Lansky, Traficante, mobsters from all over the United States were there. Uh, Sinatra was in. It was uh, one of the biggest uh, confabs of of gangsters in the Western Hemisphere, uh, certainly at that time. And, you know, one of the things that's really interesting is it because, especially in the late 50s, right before Castro took over, a lot of the gangsters there, like Traficante, like especially Meyer Lansky, were looking at it almost as a way to legitimize their businesses, to become really legitimate business owners, to own hotels outright, to own casinos outright something they still weren't able to do in, in the United States. And, you know, the, all those hopes were dashed when, when Castro came to power. But, um, it, you know, I, I think for the American mob at the time, it was kind of their little paradise away from the prying eyes of American law
3: enforcement. And as far as this connection with Las Vegas, was that closing down of the... Cuban Opportunity, uh, when Castro took over, did that kind of open up Vegas? Because they had already been pretty involved in the Las Vegas uh, operations as well.
5: Yeah, and, and one of the interesting things is a lot of gambling personalities from Las Vegas were brought to Havana. Uh, case in point is Wilbur Clark came and operated the casino at the Hotel Nacional um so using those guys that are were already in vegas like you said have had that expertise bringing them to havana to help them with the casinos there and vice versa and you see uh guys that worked in the as pit bosses and dealers in havana either later moved to vegas and did it and and vice versa there was kind of a a talent uh, pipeline back and forth but certainly i think in 59 when they closed down havana Uh, A lot of those gambling opportunities, some of the monsters looked elsewhere in the Caribbean, but more focus was directed towards Las Vegas because now uh, tourists from New York or or Miami couldn't just fly down to Cuba. You know, all eyes were on Vegas at that time.
3: Now, you mentioned Sinatra before. Wasn't that... His time in Havana, something that kind of stuck with him all that time and kind of hurt him as he was trying to – the whole Cal Neva thing up on Lake Tahoe and whatever, it was kind of an albatross that he had to deal with from that connection back in Cuba.
5: Yeah, and I think ties to organized crime were something that dog Sinatra throughout his life. I mean he was subpoenaed by the New Jersey State Commission of Investigation in the early 1970s to talk about his ties to the mob. And a lot of them point to his time at Havana, um, the Cal Nevada, like you said, um, his relationship with the Fassetti brothers out of Chicago. Um, the, the list goes on. So, yeah, I think those things dogged him throughout his, his career and certainly his, his appearances at the mob events in, in Havana um, didn't help things. But it was also part of a a bigger um, nightclub industry, too. A lot of the major American entertainers were going down to Havana, kind of like Vegas residencies now, but they would just do those in Havana. So um, that was another really interesting part of this whole time period was the whole nightlife scene of what was going on in Havana at the time.
3: Well, let's talk about the trip, because it's just fascinating. And, of course, anybody that's been to the Mob Museum knows that when it comes to organized crime, uh, they do it better than anybody else in terms of what you're going to see. Now, you had mentioned you start out in Tampa, Florida. Tampa is also a big part of this, too, wasn't it? It wasn't just Havana itself.
5: Yeah, so we'll start off doing a tour of a lot of the major mob hangouts in in Ybor City, which is a historic neighborhood in Tampa, um, where a lot of the cigar factories were originally located. It was a real vibrant ethnic community. It was also kind of where a lot of the early organized crime figures in Tampa got their start. And there's ties between the people that came up to power in Tampa and the ties back to the island of Cuba, especially in Havana and this pre Castro area. So we start off talking a little bit about the history of Tampa, how organized crimes started there and its ties to Havana. Then the next morning we board a uh, an hour flight down to Havana and, and start the tour there, uh, interspersing both general history of Havana, uh, interactions with Cuban people, with the mob history of Havana. So it's kind of a... a a a kind of a complete picture setting what was going on with the mob at that time in the greater historical context of what was going on uh, in Cuba at that time as well.
3: Havana has always been interesting to me. I mean, all that great history and of course you'll get a chance to really immerse yourself in it. But now that things are easy enough to get in, it's not like the old days where you literally couldn't get in there great opportunity for somebody to see this place with not only what's going on today but kind of trying to imagine through your conversation with them and so forth what this how different that place was in the 1950s
5: yeah and um you know it is easier to travel there i, I will note that you know we're working with a with a licensed travel agent here in Tampa who still meets all the requirements because there are still limitations on some things americans can do there, places they can stay and such but the places we visit um you know you're gonna see modern cuba you're gonna see modern havana what's what it's like now but you'll also go into a place like the uh the riviera which was meyer lansky's magnum opus hotel and you walk in the lobby and it's literally a snapshot of 1958 but from an architectural standpoint so there's not a lot of imagining what it looked like in the 1950s. <laughs> yeah. Some of these places literally look like they're stuck in time, and, and the Riviera's the lobby is really well kept, and it's just a really fascinating place to go look at. Um, so, you know, that whole thing about um you know, a lot of times you go on mob tours now. Well, let's talk about Vegas. You know, 80% of the spots are <laughs> no longer there. Right. Uh, with, with Havana, a lot of that is still there, and in some cases, pretty close to what it looked like back when. When the mob was was operating, some of these uh, some of these hotels and casinos.
3: You'll hear more from Scott Ditchie of the Mob Museum about the upcoming trip to Havana, Cuba, in just a moment. You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, coast to coast on the Biz Talk Radio Network.
0: The action is hot, the atmosphere cool, and the parking is free. free. The Orleans Hotel and Casino. Over 1,800 rooms. 70 lanes of bowling. An 18 screen movie theater. 8,000 seat arena. Fabulous dining. Virtual reality. A giant race and sports book. And the biggest stars are in the Orleans showroom. The Orleans Hotel and Casino. Two blocks west of the strip. Minutes from the airport. With rooms starting at $45. This is How You
4: Vegas. The Orleans Hotel and Casino. Visit OrleansCasino.com. Do you know anyone suffering from pain? Get pain-relieving thermoskin braces and TEN therapy at little to no cost with private and Medicare insurance. Qualify in minutes with free, convenient home delivery. Call 800-256-1143 right now. 800-256-1143. Use reference code NCR9715. Qualify in minutes with free, convenient home delivery. Call 800-256-1143 right now. Use reference code NCR9715.
6: I know what you're thinking. Why would I need a voiceover production company? Well, does your company need a commercial for radio or television? Does your company need an entertaining and informative on-hold message? Are you looking to do an audiobook or web presentation? Then you need a voiceover production company. That's why thousands turn to the pros at Black Eagle Sound Design. Black Eagle Sound Design is home to some of the finest voice actors, producers, and engineers in the business. At Black Eagle Sound Design, you get Hall of Fame professionalism, royalty-free music, and a 100% buyout, meaning the commercials are yours to do with as you please. See website for details. Log on now to besd.us and find out more. It's time you worked with the best, and Black Eagle Sound Design will be there with you and your project every step of the way, on time, on target, and at a price you can afford. I'm Adele Poole, one of the many talents you'll hear at Black Eagle Sound Design. Visit us at BESD.US. Black Eagle Sound Design, because the voice you choose matters.
3: When you go to Las Vegas, you have to know what you're going to go see. And there's no better place on the web to go than VitalVegas.com. You hear Scott Robin, our Vegas insider, every week on the show. But Scott's got a lot more there. What are people going to find when they go to your site, Scott?
7: Everything you need to know about Las Vegas from shows and restaurants and a lot of inside dirt that you won't hear anywhere else. And a lot of photos, too, and a lot of snark, right? (laughs) That
3: is the case. (laughs) Yes. You can't miss it. VitalVegas.com. It's a must when you come to Las Vegas. VitalVegas.com.
0: Welcome back to Vegas Never Sleeps with
3: Stephen Maggi. You are listening to Scott Ditchie of the Mob Museum. He's leading a special trip to Havana, Cuba in October from the 18th to the 21st. Yeah, you don't have to shut your eyes, or right there, But I mean, even even watching the cars drive, I mean, they've got a lot of these old 1950 relics driving around. I mean, I've seen pictures of it, and and they're fairly well kept up. So it, it really, it's almost like you're on a movie set, huh? You know, in that sense.
8: <laughs> yeah, that that
5: stereotype um, vision of going to Havana and seeing all the old cars is true there, especially in the kind of the more touristy area down by the by the cruise port and everything. There there are a lot of them there. A lot of people's personal vehicles and their licenses, taxis as well. So, uh, yeah, it, it kind of adds to that, that ambiance, if you will. Um, and, and the other thing, too, just real quick, on, as in a, from a historical aside, too, that's kind of interesting about Havana is a lot of the, even going back to the 1600s, some of the historical buildings and stuff that kind of sits in place with some of these, you know, 1950s era relics. So it, it's really a, a very unique, uh, very unique city, certainly for, for this part of the Americas.
3: Well, and I understand, too, the folks are really friendly there. I mean, there's no fear about, you know, whatever political differences we've had with Cuba over the, And we've had plenty of them. As far as the people go, they're, from what I understand, the people I've talked to that have been there, pretty friendly and pretty uh, open to uh, talking and so forth.
5: Yeah, the people have been extremely friendly. And, and we interact a lot with locals and, and, and use them in and, and parts of the tour. Um, you know, it's, it's really about interacting with the people of Cuba. They, they don't have a lot, but they're, they're extremely friendly, especially towards Americans. They're, they're, they're def- definitely welcoming of more American tourism to the island. And I think with the rise of some private enterprise there, it's, it certainly, um, it, it, you know, trying to help them as well. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really a, a good place and, and, you have a lot of good, positive interactions with, with locals.
3: Now, you talk about the two nights lodging in Old Havana. I, I was asked by a couple of people when I told them I was going to do this interview. They said, please ask them if these uh, lodging is OK, because there's been some rumors that these aren't what, what you'd be used to, for example, in Las Vegas. It's not the same kind of thing. Are these all pretty decent places? Where, where actually are you staying there?
5: Yeah, well, as Americans we're you're limited by where you can stay. A lot of the hotels um are owned by the Cuban government, the Cuban military and they're on the the prohibited list. So we stay in private residences. Uh the last time we had done kind of a dry run of this in February we stayed at a, at a nice condo complex oh. um near the Malecón um, right down by the water and it was it was nice. It was not you know, it wasn't the uh, Aria Suites, the top level, but it um you know, might have been better than some of the uh bargain basement <laughs> hotels for sure but no it was it was fine um that the accommodations were, were very good
1: that's great uh, and it
5: was air, it was air conditioned, which is nice yeah. when in there. but um no but the yeah as americans you're limited to where you can stay so some of the, the some of the hotels there are off limits in terms of, of being able to stay there but we do go through a lot of those and you can see what they look like for sure
3: and I know you uh, provide a couple breakfasts, which is nice. Uh, and you do, you have access to some of that great Cuban food, right, while you're there?
5: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and then the tour guide who we're going with who operates out of Tampa, he's been well, over 150 times a Cuba. He knows a lot of the, the private restaurants, the Paladars, as they're called, that are owned and operated by private uh, Cuban citizens. So, you know, So great, great food, really good seafood. Um, and then... There's an option too on one of the nights of going to the Tropicano, which is one of the last of the old real '50s era nightclub shows. Uh, the Tropicano is a little bit outside of downtown Havana. It's this um you know, nightclub show, kind of in the vein of some of the old Las Vegas shows like Jubilee. Oh,
3: outstanding! Um, and it,
5: it's really an interesting, uh, really an interesting experience.
3: And, and finally, it, it, and I think it's important. They require Cuba medical insurance, and that's actually part of this trip, right? Part of the package.
5: Yeah, the, uh, the, the tour group, that, the tour agency that's running this takes care of all that paperwork, and, and that's one of the beauties about it is all that, the visa, the paperwork, insurance, all that stuff that will be done for you. So you don't have to worry about that.
3: Well, it's outstanding. The tour costs a little over fifteen hundred per person, double occupancy. But uh, really, for this type of trip, it's just uh, I think a great bargain. And the fact that they're going to be able to sit with you, and um, I believe what Frank Reno is going to be with you as well, right? Yeah,
5: Frank's, yep, Frank Reno's of Cuba Executive Travel, absolutely.
3: I, I think it's the way to go there, and again, everything the Mob Museum does is great. So uh, anyway, if they want more information, Scott, on the trip, where do we go?
5: Well, uh, if you go to the Mob Museum's website on their events page, there's all the information on the trip there, as well as the contact information for, for Frank Reno and Cube Executive Travel, and he'd be happy to answer you know, more specific questions along the lines of some of the ones uh people were asking you about so uh that information's right on the mom museum's website
3: yeah. all right and finally scott if we want to pick up one of your books because you know if they're like me our listeners love this stuff okay and i know you have some of the best books out there where can we find you on the web
5: uh scott that's scott d-e-i-t-c-h-e.com and all my books you can also
3: find them on amazon as well we will go there hey scott thanks a lot look have a great trip down in cuba
5: Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. Thanks for having
3: me on. As I mentioned before, it's hot here, but that's great if you like hanging out of the pool. And while you're getting a great tan, there's nothing like reading a great book. Here now is the story of a wonderful romance, which makes for a fantastic book. When you fall in love, it's a wonderful time, and the question becomes sometimes, is it better to do it in your youth or as you get older and so forth? There's pros and cons of that. There's a fantastic book about it, and you want to read it. It's called Miracle Midlife, and we're fortunate enough to have the author, Ronnie Beth Tower. Ronnie is a clinical psychologist, and wrote this book about her own love affair that happened uh, a little later in life. Uh, Ronnie, uh, do you find that, uh, you know, there's both pros and cons, right? Because you've got to break all that practice that you've done over the years to get to that point.
9: For me, I think it took my whole life waiting up to 1996 when I met David <clears throat> to be ready for what happened after that, it was it was absolutely life-transforming. But I think I personally had some growing to do and some learning and about love and how to how to do it, how to live it.
3: Well, this book is fantastic. First of all, it's a fun read of a real story. And anybody like myself that found the love of my life later in life, it is really interesting because one of my thoughts was, and I wanted to get this, Ronnie, before you even started, well, there's some stuff I won't do this and I won't do that and all that kind of thing. And suddenly you have to face that. and, and, And that's a big adjustment, right? Because did you really mean that? Or did you really learn from your earlier loves? That kind of thing.
9: Stephen, that's exactly right. It's it's like um, my going back to Paris in the first place when I met David. I had to rethink a promise I'd made to my 19-year-old self who was no longer who I was. Um, Yes, you need to rethink what are these things you think you believe. And pay attention to what's happening, to how you really feel. Yeah. The other thing that happens that I think age gives you some perspective on is in a relationship, there's not just one and the other. There's a third thing there's the we. And right. at a certain age, you realize that the we is worthy of nourishing, the we is important to take care of. And you can even decide that sometimes it's a lot more important than the me or the he.
3: More with the author of Miracle of Midlife, Ronnie Beth Tower, in just a moment. You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Mangie on the BizTalk Radio Network.
2: Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting, a Teenager, Learning the Lingo.
1: GOAT, G-O-A-T, acronym, stands for Greatest of All Time, as in... Spaghetti sandwiches for dinner? They're my fave. Dad, you're the goat.
2: You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. Visit adoptuskids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council.
3: I'm here with Logan Reed, my own personal business coach. You know, a lot of people may think this is all a bunch of psycho babble and that kind of thing, but in reality, this is stuff that. On the surface, may seem like we're going to explore our background, but actually we're just getting really in touch with ourselves to see how we can be more successful. Is that what you try to do with people? It is. So I'm not so interested in what's happened in the past. What I'm looking for is where people are
9: now,
2: where they want to be, and coaching always takes place in the gap. So what are the things, where are the places where they're getting stopped that's in that gap? And then when we move through those, they end up having what they want, whatever their goal is for themselves.
3: Okay. We're all excited about it now. So how do we get involved? How do we get more information about, about you and what you're doing?
9: Sure. You can give me a call at 360-529-1848 or email me at logan at Loganreadcoaching.com. And you can also check out my website if you want to learn more about me at com.
10: Today, Today we decided, decided to walk, walk to school. The, the light counted. 15, 14. 41,
2: 31 I mean, thirteen? We took, we took a left, left on, on Carroll Street.
10: Danny's smart, but sound. he gets distracted.
2: Oh, I realized he, he wrong forgot
10: wrong. his homework. I, I hope, hope I he doesn't have another, another bad day at school. Cool.
1: When you can see learning and attention issues from their side, you can be on their side. That's why there's Understood.org, a free resource for the parents of the 1 in 5 kids with learning and attention issues. Go from misunderstanding to understood.org. Brought to you by Understood and the Ad Council. The
0: two tight ends are lined up as tight ends. Back goes Darrell to pass. He's looking for Smith, but instead goes down the middle. Chester, touchdown Raiders! free at the five and was all alone in the end
3: zone two yards in that is the oakland raiders no not the oakland raiders of 2017 but the oakland raiders of 1972 and that's what we're talking about on a new feature called RaiderHistorian.com. you go there and we have every week Different highlights from years of the past, including a look back at Al Davis, the owner, all the great games, the rivalries, the philosophy of the team, and so forth. It's a must as the Raiders head to Las Vegas in just another few years. If you're here in Las Vegas, you got to know that history. And if you're from Oakland and L.A., you'll want to relive that as well. RaiderHistorian.com.
2: Of course my kid's in the right car seat. Well, I think he is.
3: Yeah, my kid's in a booster seat. He was ready to move up. He is ready, right?
2: Her car seat looks like the right size.
10: There are probably rules on when to move up to a booster seat, aren't there?
2: Rear-facing, forward-facing, I think I have it right.
10: Car crashes are a leading killer of children one to 13. Are your children in the right car seat for their age and size? Don't think you know. Know you know. Go to safercar.gov the right seat.
9: I know my child's in the right car seat. Or else I wouldn't get in the driver's seat.
10: Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
0: Welcome back to The Dog Show. Up next, we have Satchmo. Sachmo is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right. A group known especially for their couch snuggling, ball chasing, face licking, and of course, companionship. Now, let's see him in action. Look how he makes eye contact with his person. That's actually known as the Treat Stare. How intuitive. And now he appears to be excitedly turning in circles. Are ah, the happy dance so coming with this group? But really, the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Satchmo is to meet one. Visit theshelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Now let's return to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi.
3: You are listening to best-selling author and renowned psychologist Ronnie Beth Tower discussing her wonderful book Miracle of Midlife. You know there was a television show called Baggage and I think it was hosted by Jerry Springer of all people and the idea was you know you brought this baggage into the relationship and it was always bad things and I said read your book You have baggage. It's a different kind of baggage that we have when we get older. Things like kids and career and so forth. But while it's not necessarily negative, it is something you have to address because you've got a lot more about you that you're to go from that. Like you said, the you know one person to suddenly this couple. Now there's a lot more things that have to have to mesh and work and that kind of thing.
9: Absolutely, you you have to take the complexity into account, and the complexity can can give you a certain richness, I, I'm a huge fan of simplicity, but simplicity with, within in the big picture of what's really important. What's really important to me is loving.
3: Yeah, absolutely. You know, And also, you and David are an interesting couple because as I read the book, I realized th- this wasn't like you, you went out and picked a uh, clone of yourself. It always seems like the really great of love affairs to me is when everything kind of works together. But it's usually the two different people, right? I mean, it's not right. just a question of just making sure all the X's and O's match.
9: It, the the worst thing a couple can do is go through the laundry list. Yeah, right. That, that just <laughs> that is not that is not what we did. We were so different, and um.
3: You also did it the hard way, too, because this was, a you know, you weren't living next door. I mean, you were across continents. Uh, it's its really a challenge that way. But sometimes, do you find also, as I was reading your book, it almost makes people work harder at that because you have to to make it continue.
9: It, But it was also, for us, it was a, a blessing. Our age had given us enough... Perspective that we could, we could um, delay gratification. We could make it between those trips, which meant that when we were together, it was so intensely, it gave us practice being in the moment with each other and responding to what was, not what we thought might be or had been or should be, but what actually was in the moment. And then in the separations, we worked out, How to deal with those differences, how to be together, how to communicate, how to understand each other, how to take each other's point of view and work with it and maybe even move it along a little bit here and there. Did you find that too, Stephen?
3: Yeah, I really did, you know, and it, it just was, I think the reason it worked, and we did have a period of time, my wife and I, where we were gone and had to do kind of the same thing. It wasn't the the kind of distance you're talking about, but a few states, so you had to plan trips, and, and you're right. I don't think I could have done that, though, in my youth. You know, it's something that you talk in this book about, Miracle of Midlife, but I, I think part of it is at midlife, you can delay gratification because, you know, as a 20-year-old, you want it now, now, right? And, and it's just right. It helps you. <laughs> you
9: yes, know? and and <clears throat> neurologically, you're still thinking, me, me. <laughs> it's really about what do I need.
3: Right, right. Well, and I think, you know, this is something I remember reading um, oh, uh, one of these early self-help books, and I don't re- recall the author right now, but I remember the part of it was – he goes you know we talk about these great love affairs and you have to have it and you have concern about the other person, but ultimately too, it goes to you you've got to take care of yourself too and I just think as you get older like this, you get more of an idea of what you really do need and what you don't need and and, and what's superfluous what what is isn't necessary
9: that that is so exactly the, my story that when I was young, I thought I could define what was going to make me happy, and my life taught me no, those things weren't going to make me happy, and they weren't going to happen anyway. And it was discovering what actually did make me happy that led me to those strange choices I made in my life that were so impractical, but were exactly what I needed to do. It was like the universe was guiding me to become the person I was supposed to become and have the experiences I needed to have. And David certainly was a pivotal part of that.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this is a story of not just love, but it's a story of courage because it does sort of take guts. I mean, I, I think it really does. When you realize what you're getting into and you know, you're putting yourself out there again, it, it's not as easy of, oh, you know, it's better to have loved than lost, although that's true. But, uh, that, uh, uh, you know, when we get into midlife, we don't want to take on something that ultimately is going to fail. So there is a certain amount of courage necessary to go for it and really go, you know, I was wrong before. Could I be right this time? And, it, and it's well worth it but, it, but it takes some guts.
9: It, it does. But um, actually, in my practice, my, my patients, they learn fear alone is not a good enough reason not to do something.
3: Right, right. Is it also a thing, too, you know, when you talk about in the practice, you know, getting back to where we were talking about making everything the X's and O's match, that you have to look at it in a different way to realize that some of those very differences can really be a great union when, uh, when addressed, you know, in the right situation for both people?
9: Uh, they, they've been absolutely wonderful because they're part of our deepest wonder, Of each other and respect for each other. It is now, 22 years later, and Steve, we still learn things about each other all the time. Yeah. Just about every day we're learning something new about each other. Not just a story we hadn't heard, but something new and deep about how, in my case, David sees the
3: world. It's fantastic. And the book is so much fun to read. You know, I I really sensed in in going through the book the love you have. You you can feel it as a reader kind of building up. It's really intense and and really quite enjoyable.
9: Well, thank you very much. Well, I, I appreciate I th- I think, that.
3: Well, you know, there's so many romance novels. Everybody loves movies, you know, uh, that that romance movies and that sort of thing. But I think the fact that I knew this was true, too, it just felt so wonderful. And you find yourself for a for a book that's about truth. You, I was, I found myself rooting for you, and I'm rooting for David. You know, let's make this work. <laughs> Come on, guys, let's make this work.
9: <laughs> it that's what it was. It was. How are we going to figure this out? We knew we had to figure it out.
3: You know, as I mentioned before, and there's quite a bit, people should, uh, and we're going to tell them how they can get the book and also find out more about you and stuff, but you've got a a very distinguished career in psychology. So I just got to ask you. Having done that over these years, do you find yourself, you question things more? I mean, you know, where you're constantly <laughs> looking at things and analyze, analyze, that kind of thing, kind of like an episode of Frasier, Say.
9: You know? Oh, you read the book. I I mean, I just give me a situation and I can come up with six possible hypotheses at the least. <laughs> it's not that um that i take things apart as i try to imagine what might explain them what might motivate this situation happening and david is he is so just the opposite he's a shoot from the hip intuitive and, <laughs> well, <laughs> but that's my training it's my right. training it's my experience and it's my life has taught me to think of things from multiple points of view. Um, Much of my life, I was a single mom, and I was in charge. I had to think about things carefully from lots of perspectives.
3: Right, and that makes a lot of sense. I I find, because... In my relationship with my wife, I'm the one that you know, is the big dreamer and thinking long-term and that kind of thing. But she's the one, well, okay, but to get there, you've got to do X, Y, Z, and so forth. And it really helps me think these things through because sometimes I'm just thinking long-term and not thinking about what pieces do I have to have to get there.
9: Exactly. So you, you, you can't really think through the choices um, until you do that, until you look at the different consequences of the different things. So working together where you've got someone who's got the vision and then someone else who's got the, okay, well, what what will we need? <laughs> Get from here to there.
3: You'll hear more from Ronnie Beth Tower, author of Miracle of Midlife, Transatlantic Romance, in just a moment. What a season it's been in the world of ice hockey, the Vegas Golden Knights. Just an incredible season. And if you want to remember that season, you got to go down and see our good friend Neil Portnoy. Neil, what have you got for all those uh, Golden Knight fans?
8: Well, uh, you know, having come from the East Coast in Boston, I, I have become uh, enjoying the night fever and a fan of the Golden Knights. I recently completed a uh, collage drawing of 14 of the players, all action poses, surrounded by Marc Andre Fleury. And we have limited edition, signed by me, collectible prints for sale on the commemorative inaugural season of the Golden Knights, a true collector's piece. So let's tell them where they can get it. Uh, We are located Portnoy Gallery, P-O-R-T-N-O-Y, at 1537 West Oakey Boulevard, downtown Las Vegas. We are in the corner of... Okie, Western, and Wyoming. Open generally from 9 to 3, Monday through Friday, 702-685-2929. Call first, because we're out in the community networking. We want to make sure we're here for you to feel and get the experience of Portnoy Gallery.
3: You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi on the BizTalk Radio Network.
0: The action is hot, the atmosphere cool, and the parking is free. Free. The Orleans Hotel and Casino. Over 1,800 rooms, 70 lanes of bowling, an 18-screen movie theater, 8,000-seat arena, fabulous dining, virtual reality, a giant race and sports book, and the biggest stars are in the Orleans Showroom. The Orleans Hotel and Casino, two blocks west of the Strip, minutes from the airport, with rooms starting at $45. This is how you
4: Vegas. The Orleans Hotel and Casino. Visit orleanscasino.com. Do you know anyone suffering from pain? Get pain-relieving thermoskin braces and TEN therapy at little to no cost with private and Medicare insurance. Qualify in minutes with free, convenient home delivery. Call 800-256-1143 right now. 800-256-1143. Use reference code NCR9715. Qualify in minutes with free, convenient home delivery. Call 800-256-1143 right now. Use reference code NCR9715. It only takes a minute to find out if you may have prediabetes, and you can do it at doihaveprediabetes.org. But you're probably not going to, are you? Kids, work, listening to the radio, you're busy. Which is great because busy people can't get pre-diabetes. Oh my, I read that wrong. (laughs) They can. Should have worn my glasses. So visit doihaveprediabetes.org and take a short test. Because pre-diabetes can be reversed.
1: Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners.
2: Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting. A teenager. Learning the lingo.
1: Jelly. Jelly adjective. Jelly is a shorter, better way to say jealous. As in... Chloe, I am like so jelly of your unicorn phone case.
2: You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. Visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Kids, and the Ad Council.
6: Not completing high school is more of a social thing than it was an academic thing. I came out in the 11th grade. Nobody was embracing you. The kids were cruel. It was very difficult to be gay. Even though all these years have passed, I still had that longing to have my diploma. The hard part was determining that I was gonna do it, but I definitely didn't do it alone. At age 30, with the help of her mentor, Carissa finished her high school diploma. I have a mentor, Maria. She convinced me to continue my education and to finish what I started to get my diploma. She just never judges. She's a true role model. If you're even considering getting your high school diploma, go get it. You can do it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council.
1: The possibility of lung cancer can be pretty scary, especially if you're one of approximately 8 million current or former smokers at high risk. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know that now there's a breakthrough low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early, and it only takes 60 seconds. You stop smoking. Now start screening. For an easy quiz to see if you're eligible, visit SaveByTheScan.org. It could save your life. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council.
0: The two tight ends are lined up as tight ends. Back goes Darrell to pass. He's looking for Smith, but instead goes down the middle. Chester touchdown Raiders! Oh, What a great play! Nineteen yards and a Raider touchdown to make it twenty-two to three. Chester had gotten free at the five and was all alone in the end zone two yards in.
3: That is the Oakland Raiders. No, not the Oakland Raiders of 2017, but the Oakland Raiders of 1972. And that's what we're talking about on a new feature called RaiderHistorian.com. You go there and we have every week... Different highlights from years of the past, including a look back at Al Davis, the owner, all the great games, the rivalries, the philosophy of the team, and so forth. It's a must as the Raiders head to Las Vegas in just another few years. If you're here in Las Vegas, you got to know that history. And if you're from Oakland and L.A., you'll want to relive that as well. RaiderHistorian.com
0: You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with
3: Stephen Maggi. You're hearing all about the best-selling book, Miracle of Midlife, from its author, Ronnie Beth Tower. Finally, the, the really fun part about the book, too, is what better place to have this happen than around Paris, right? And this was just good from his perspective of, for those of us that love Paris, uh, what a wonderful way to relive and and you know relive visiting it, re, what we think of it, and also what a great setting to put this love story in.
9: it's It's a very supportive place for our love story to be whenever we're there. It just we, I did a um, a workshop at the American Library in Paris right before Valentine's Day, and then a literary salon the day before Valentine's Day in Paris for expats. Mm -hmm. And they understand romance. They understand love. The French have always been so supportive of us. They they understand the importance of pleasure. And um, I think the first bond that bonded us together was we absolutely loved being with each other. We yeah, didn't need yeah. anything from each other. We, we were both pretty much, we liked ourselves, we liked our kids, we liked our careers, we liked our lives. But we loved being <laughs> with each other. <laughs> and in France, pleasure is important. And for us, it was the pleasure of being together.
3: Well, i got to say, Ronnie, I think everyone that reads this book will really enjoy being with you and David. I mean, you feel like you're right there. It gives us hope, and it's just an enjoyable thing. Let's tell them how to get a hold of the book. The book's Miracle at Midlife. Where are all the places uh, they can pick that up?
9: They can probably pick it up at their local bookstore. Um, You can also, the easiest way is go to my website, www.miracleatmidlife.com, and there are links to a bunch of places. It's certainly at, all the online retailers. Um, The first chapter is on my website if you want to get a sense of it. And a lot of the stuff I've written since, which is much more psychology, is also on the website, including an essay I published in January about living on David's houseboat, Mm. which goes beyond the book. (laughs)
3: Well, that's great. We love that. That's almost kind of like one of those special features when you buy your favorite DVD. You want to forget everything about it. And, uh, you know, again, I think people are going to love it. Uh, Yeah, and you're absolutely right. That's why they should go to your website because there's there's more than just the book. There's a lot of things there, and they can find out about your history, which is really, you know, involved and so forth. And, uh, again, I think once they read the book, they're going to want to know more and more about you and David and – get our hands on whatever we can thank you so much for being with us give our best to david and uh again the book miracle midlife you can't you can't miss it it's a it's a great read as uh, we start getting ready for when we travel to take a book boy i can't think of a better one
9: steven thank you so much
3: i'm excited to welcome a new sponsor to vegas never sleeps the wonderful orleans hotel conveniently located near the strip Airport and right next to the new home of the Las Vegas Raiders. You can get it all, great lodging, great food and entertainment at the Orleans Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. Time now for your Vegas insider, Scott Robin, the man behind the wonderful Las Vegas blog, VitalVegas.com. Today, we chat about a famous property and name on the Las Vegas Strip. The SLS being sold, big deal around here, basically because it's the old Sahara property. Kind of
7: run us through what we can expect there, you know, how'd the deal go down, and then more importantly, what, what are we gonna see from that? Well, I'm always happy to jump on an exclusive, and that one I had probably a full day before anybody else in any of the Las Vegas media. So I'm using your show to brag about that. Thank you for that opportunity. Uh, So uh, this kind of came out of the blue. Alex Morello is a businessman. He's got a lot of kind of media companies. He owns a pizza chain and just construction and that kind of stuff. Wealthy guy. He runs a uh, resort in Reno called the Grand Sierra. Very nice uh, hotel casino. And the. SLS has been struggling since they opened, so I think they were ready, the owners were just ready to get rid of the place. It opened uh, with a certain context that really just never came to pass, so I think everybody's optimistic that this new company's going to come in, change things up a little bit, and try to make it more successful. And your prediction on a new name? Well, I am uh, hearing that they may actually call it the Sahara again—some, uh, either just the Sahara or some variation thereof. I'm a big fan of that because there, there, there's a lot of nostalgia there, but there's also kind of an equity to the name Sahara. People know it. It it hosted some of the biggest entertainment. It was just a a really very successful casino back in back in its heyday, and. I I think they should totally jump on that and take advantage of that and uh, I think one of the the hints that they might be thinking about changing it to Sahara is their loyalty club recently changed names. Uh, The SLS loyalty club was called The Code. Uh, and about two weeks after the sale, they announced it was na- it's now going to be called Club 52. And 52 is 1952 is the year that the Sahara opened. So I think that is yet another occasion, uh, indication that that might transpire. Hard to tell, but I think it'd be great. They do, um, they will own the Sahara name because of the sale, but who knows if they'll take advantage of that.
3: Make sure to check out Scott's blog, VitalVegas.com, every day for updates on the ever-changing news of Las Vegas want to take a moment though to talk about the neon museum in las vegas and their great new show called brilliant first of all the neon museum you gotta go there if you've never been there it's a world-class experience and you can really learn the history of vintage las vegas through the signs that everybody remembers from the early days it's great but on wednesdays through monday right at sunset for 30 minutes they've got a show called brilliant this thing is incredible you've got to find out more about it it's a way where they bring these signs back to life you have to see it it's incredible you go to the way website first of all www.neonmuseum.org and you're strongly advised to get the tickets in advance so you want to go there ahead of time you can go backslash brilliant to go right to that show tickets are available there they're located at 770 las vegas boulevard just north of downtown las vegas that's the neon museum thank you for listening today next week you'll meet someone who looks like dances like and most importantly sounds like the great Tina Turner. Her name is Cookie Watkins who is the best Tina Turner tribute artist you'll ever see. She's also a great entertainer whether in concert or on the Broadway stage. This is Stephen Maggi reminding you Vegas never sleeps.
0: The action is hot, the atmosphere cool, and the parking is free. Free. The Orleans Hotel and Casino. Over 1,800 rooms, 70 lanes of bowling, an 18-screen movie theater, 8,000-seat arena, fabulous dining, virtual reality, a giant race and sports book, and the biggest stars are in the Orleans Showroom. The Orleans Hotel and Casino. Two blocks west of the Strip. Minutes from the airport. With rooms starting at $45, this is how you Vegas. The Orleans Hotel and Casino. Visit orleanscasino.com.